The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Again, this is where you got to connect the dots NFL style. You know, this is where I, you know, I don't read between the lines and read the tea leaves. I read between the tea leaves. That's how in depth I go here. Okay. It's deep <laughs> shit deep okay oh yeah baby where can you get that kind of in-depth thought on the internet other than the chris sims unbuttoned podcast we don't read between the lines no we don't read the tea leaves we read in between them it's next level shit here okay what's up dude how are you i Hey, Chris. At first, when you were going down that road, I was like, uh-oh, he's totally digging himself into a hole he's not going to be able to get out of. But then I was like, no, he planned this from the beginning. That was a yeah. planned criticism that actually makes sense to me. Um, so that one that one worked out. I'm ready to go, Chris. We got a good one because uh, you, you did your top 40 quarterback countdown. And I know that's exhausting. And you had to take like three weeks off after you got done with that. So then <laughs> yeah. when we came back, uh, Pete Demolemolemolitis and Matt Casey said, why don't we put you right back to work to do a top 10 receivers list? And so we did that. So we put you right back to work. And I like that. I do. I do, too. It's uh, it's a good exercise just to go back, look at players. Uh, I think you know me well enough. I mean, Pete Demolemolemolitis and Matt Casey our two producers of the show, I mean, they have a good enough feel for me to know that I almost have a running list all the time with a lot of positions. Uh, anybody that talks football to me off the camera would tell you I can rattle off my top four or five in just about any position on the football field. Receiver, though, let me just tell you, and this is, this is all being sparked first off by Michael Thomas, right, being in the 99 club, and we're going to yeah. get into some 99 talk. And I think you have your 99 rankings of players that you think should be ranked 99. So, so I can't yeah, wait for yeah. that, right? I have and my I 99 club. Very exclusive. Actually, not as exclusive as Madden's 99 club, but still still fairly exclusive. Oh, do you send a gift box with like a cool gold chain and stuff to the <laughs> players too? And they get I hadn't thought of it, but a great idea. And I now plan to do that. Yes. Okay, good. Thought. good. Cool, cool. Maybe you could send them one of that that fancy red chair you're sitting on, uh, or something like that. That could be your 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 trophy you give away for my being gaming, on the team. My gaming chair. I'll send them a Game. little miniature version of my gaming chair. What a millennial, millennial you are! But yeah, we're gonna hit on that. We're gonna talk about the 99s. Anything else I'm missing that we're gonna hit here today? I know we're gonna no. get Big Phil 
hopefully back on Thursday. Thursday's yeah. a little up in the air. Got a few things I'm juggling here right now. You're going on vacation a little. Mm-hmm. Got two guests that might come on. So I don't want to make any promises yet, but uh, we're kind of going to figure that out by the end of the day. So, yeah, to, I think the whole pod today, Chris, and you know, we can't talk about anything in under an hour. So this, this, the whole thing should be uh, about wide receivers, I think, in the 99 yeah. club, but we'll, we'll throw in at the end there. But you got 10, 10 wide receivers. You're right. This was all sparked because Michael Thomas got the, uh, the 99, the exclusive 99 on Madden, one of only five players to get the 99. Um, but the the Madden uh, game has released all the rankings for the receivers. And so it was Michael Thomas, one, and he got the 99. DeAndre Hopkins, two, he got a 98. Then it went Julio, who got the 97. Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. So there's your top five. And then the rest of them, just to fill them out, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, and Odell Beckham Jr. So that was the Madden 99, and that did spark this debate. Mainly because, Chris, uh, Michael Thomas getting the 99, we thought of you immediately because of how much you hate Michael Thomas and the entire Saints organization. <laughs> You're a jerk. You really are. I mean, yeah, thanks. Pile on, pile on with the rest of the Saints fans of the world. You know, I love the Saints. I do in a lot of ways. I have such respect for Sean Payton and Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and all that. But yes, you know, do I think Madden has overrated people like Drew Brees and Michael Thomas? I certainly do. But they have to. You know, the game's not going to work the right way unless they overrate those individual players. Because Madden, sorry, as cool as they have a lot of different plays and playbooks, they don't know how to call plays with the New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton offense like Sean Payton. So for them to get an advantage within the video gaming world, they have to make the players on that offense, that's an absolute machine, they have to make them better because they can't say, oh, we're going to call, you know, two plays in the huddle like Sean Payton or, you know, oh, they're going to the Sean Payton offense is going to make the quarterback audible when he sees the right play and things like that. No, that doesn't happen in video game world. So they have to make the players and what I would say better than what they are actually to make that offense as good as it actually is in real life. That would be my assessment there. I don't mean to bag on Michael Thomas. I think he's awesome. I know that. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that before. It seems like they could work that into the game where if you're you're in a Sean Payton offense, like all your wide receivers get plus two or your quarterback gets a plus 10 uh, or something like that. But that's true. Yeah, they want that offense to be high performing. So they got to rate well, uh, Michael well, Thomas. Well, yeah, exactly nine. right. I mean, how are they going to, you know, again, it's it's they don't know the Bruce Arians offense and things like that either and what makes it work. And of course, he knows when to call certain plays and the sequencings of the plays and then yeah. his ability to notice things that the defense is doing and then call the play at the right time. So yeah, Madden can't, they haven't figured out that program yet. It's an Ooh. amazing game. It's the greatest video game ever, but because of that, they have to make Tom Brady better than he actually is. So that would be my argument uh, on that. I had a little bit of it. We had this conversation last week about the quarterback rankings a little bit. What about a new franchise, a new video game franchise, the Chris Sims? Yeah, it's like they already have the game, the Sims, but you do the Chris Sims and you impart your wisdom of the offenses in there, the players, and then you bring me along and I do the halftime report. 
Oh, that would that be popped up at halftime and riveting so stuff. And, you know, yeah. and you should, yeah, good luck with that. And you know, I'm so good with technology, I'll figure out the programming <laughs> and stuff. I mean, I can barely turn on my iPad and get into my email on a daily basis, so I'm not programming any video games anytime soon. Uh, so is this a list the same as your quarterback list? Is your top 10 here? the 10 wide receivers only on 2020 alone, not looking at the yes. past performance. Just, it's just who you would want on your team this year. Yes. It's all about okay. 2020. Same type of conversation we had with the quarterbacks. Um, man, the one thing I'll say where I thought that jumped out to me with the receivers and I don't want to give away names or anything, but you know, there's some guys who, I mean, that are not on this list that I can't believe aren't on the list. Ooh. And some guys that maybe I believe maybe sitting outside the top 10 that maybe are even a hair more talented than some of the guys in the top 10, but they're at a very young part of their career. And I just got to see a little bit more before I can have some of these young up and comers per se, you know, dethrone some of the guys that have been around and doing it consistently for a long time. So that was the really tough thing for me at the wide receiver position, let alone, again, we got to evaluate the wide receiver. It's not the offense right. and things like that. Hey, listen, we, we put Terry, you know, uh, Terry, uh, I'm blanking on his name in Washington, Terry McClellan uh, on another offense or put him in New Orleans yeah. with better quarterback play. You know, of course, I think his stats are going to be a lot better. You know, so that was the tough thing. And that's the tough thing about the receiver position, too, because they are affected by the quarterback play and the offensive coordinator probably about as much as anybody in the game as far as us being able to see what they can do for their team, I guess is what I should say. So how do you think about this? Because um, if you bring in a wide receiver, say you have a top 10, that would change depending on what kind of offense you want to run too, right? So like a, if you're running a Kyle Shanahan offense, maybe Debo Samuel is one of the top 10 receivers in football for you, uh, but Agreed. not overall for everyone else. So how did you, how did you think about yeah, that? That's the balancing act. I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, uh, you know, again, you know, not to make an apples to apples, but if, if, if we put Michael Thomas in Seattle, you know, Seattle doesn't know how to use Michael Thomas in all the ways he's capable of exposing a defense. Michael Thomas wouldn't be Michael Thomas if he was playing for the Seattle Seahawks because they just they depend on like I, you've heard me say a million times. They just depend on the receivers beating their guy and Russell Wilson making a great throw. And Michael yeah. Thomas isn't that pure physical talent always that's just going to like, oh, my gosh, he's on the outside and we have no chance of covering him man-to-man. -man. No, Michael Thomas is about his route running, his toughness, his ability to catch the ball in traffic, and then his smartness and brains and to be able to you know, understand that Sean Payton offense and do all of those things too. But you're, that is part of the balancing act. You're right. So I mean, certain if I'm hearing – yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. If I'm hearing you right then, so you, the receivers you're going to rank higher in your top 10 are receivers who you think could excel in multiple kinds of offenses. Is that fair I to do. say? Yes, yes. Okay. But but I will also say, like I said, I don't know if there's anybody on Seattle that could go down and do what Michael Thomas necessarily does all the way to and, you know, officially be utilized in all the ways he can sure. be utilized too. So. There's a little balance here, I guess, is what I'm saying. But it's a good question, and I'll do my best to try to kind of explain that as we go along here.
We are about to go along right now. Number 10 on the Christmas. I can't believe we're doing this again. Number 10 on the Christmas <laughs> wide receiver countdown for 2020 is Cortland Sutton, Denver Broncos. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, Cortland oh, Sutton, um, he's one of those guys that I knew was going to be around my top 10, definitely. But then when I knew I was going to start to make this list and, you know, I start to write names down and, and then I start to look at a little film and just, you know, evaluate guys that way. Man, Cortland Sutton was one of those guys where I didn't think he was originally going to be in the top 10. And then when I went back and watched tape, I went, okay, yes, he is. You're, there's no way. You know, first off, he's a pretty good route runner for his size. Ahmed. He's 6'4". He's around 220 pounds. But the big thing is why he's on this list is – Here's a guy that it doesn't really matter what offense he's in. You know, he can win in the slot like a Michael Thomas and catch a ball over the middle. And what I'm big in at the receiver position, too, is, you know, I'm big in, again, a little bit like quarterbacks. You know, when there's nothing there to be had, what happens? Okay, well, you're not always going to catch the ball with, like, just, hey, it's open field. Go run around and let everybody know. But Cortland Sutton makes a lot of yards after the catch. I mean, a lot. And I'm talking tough yards. It's not like he's catching a slant and no one's around him. I'm talking like he's in the slot and catching a slant or a little post route. And he's taking on a sticky with a shoulder and bouncing off him and then running away from another guy and stiff arming him. So between that aspect and then his ability to just beat people on the outside with his pure raw speed. And then, of course, his jumping and wingspan and catch radius, it's mm. off the charts. So this is a guy here I really think we could be maybe talking about him as a top five receiver next year, really. He's got I Mike Evans-type yeah. talent guy, type of guy here. I love watching him play, and I love those receivers that just pop up and you're not thinking of them. You don't think that they're going to be one of the upper echelon guys, and all of a sudden they, they prove you're wrong in an offense that wasn't even conducive necessarily to uh, – to wide receivers you're right and uh, noting that his yards uh, after the catch per reception it went up by a whole yard uh, from 2018 to 2019 so trending in the right direction a couple things I noted about Cortland Sutton too that are interesting is that I looked over at pro football reference and they track some of the uh, the eye test stats they got people who track you know broken tackles some things that you wouldn't necessarily just right. see on the stat sheet Portland Sutton, number one in in the NFL last year in broken tackles, according to them, with Thank 12. You. The next highest was DeAndre Hopkins at nine. So a guy that's able to separate, get yards after the catch, a main reason is because he's a tough physical dude and he's exactly. got those broken tackles. Uh, it is, and that's why I love you when you host, dude. I do, because you know me. I'm not looking at the numbers. I'm just going I got by the what numbers. my eyes said. Yeah, you're the man. But Some you're, of them numbers. don't mean anything. Some of them are just crap. But every once in a while, some make sense. Well, it does. It makes sense. And, you know, again, it, I'm, I'm big into that. You know, it, you can't – not every receiver can be put in the perfect offense where they're going to be wide open all the time. You're going to have to make something happen. And Sutton is the kind of guy who can, I think, capitalize off of a system if it really knew how to use them. And then also, I think he can make a system better because he's a guy that he, he, he really is just a physical freak. He really is with his size, speed, you know, ability after the catch, physicality, jump ball, uh, all of that stuff is, is superstar caliber. And I think we're all going to see about him this year. Got a little more talent around him. We got Drew Locke coming into play here. 
Uh, I think between all those factors, he'll become a little bit more of a household name by the end of the 2020 season. Jerry Judy, right? The rookie right. Uh, receiver out of Alabama. You got KJ Hamler, who you really like, the small, Love fast them. guy out of Penn State. Might not be a faster right. receiver in the draft, um, which goes to show that that's going to help Cortland Sutton because another thing that stuck out to me, uh, the highest percentage of a team's targeted air yards. Who was thrown to the most? Cortland Sutton was number one, 43% of the time the ball was in the air. It was going towards Cortland Sutton. So that shows you that defenses knew he was going to be targeted and they still couldn't stop him a lot of the times. And now going into this year, you got other dudes you got to worry about. And so that's only yes. going to help Cortland Sutton. Uh, in, only going to help him out. You're right. You're right. It might, you know, it might take away a few plays from him here and there, but I think ultimately he's going to be the most talented guy in that team. And, you know, what you said with the intended yards, too, you know, yeah, defense or, you know, intended pass yards to him and all that. Yeah, defenses certainly know who he is and where he is. And then he's the type of guy, Ahmed, that a quarterback, you know, you drop back, nobody's open, and you go, oh, man, there's two people on Cortland. Ah, screw it, nobody's open. I like his chances against two people than I do everybody else one-on-one. -on -one. Let me just try to throw up high in a spot, and maybe he can get it. And that leads to incompletions when you throw to him, too. But – uh, he's a difference maker and uh, really, really was a special football player in 2019. I know that. I love Cortland Sutton so much that I am now convinced that he is too low on your list, but we'll have to settle for number number 10. <laughs> that, that's what I mean. Well, I'll say this. I think there's a lot of guys towards the bottom of my top 10 here where I go, they're hanging by a thread. There's some young and up and comers. And we'll talk about that after the list where I go, man, it was like, you know, they were this close. I couldn't figure it out. And I sometimes gave the guy who's done it maybe a few more years and a little bit more consistently the edge over the guy who I've seen only do it one year so far, right? But we got some guys, and I, I already talked about him, Terry McLaurin, who's not going to make my top 10 cat out of the bag there. But he's one of these guys that I'm talking about where I go, I wouldn't be shocked next year if he was number six on our list. And some of these guys got supplanted and got pushed out of the top 10. So Cortland Sutton, number 10. Who you got just ahead of him, Chris? Stephon Diggs, Buffalo Bills. Yeah. I mean, and, and Stephon Diggs, you know, first off, hey, I think this is how I would explain Stephon Diggs. There's no weakness to Stephon Diggs' game. He has a very unique talent set or skill set, I should say, because Diggs, first off, not in the most complex offense in the world up there in Minnesota, which – you know, he ran about three, four different routes the whole year, and he still gets open and gets open for big yards. I mean, when Stephon Diggs touches the ball, it's the big play, and it's, it's a touchdown, it's a 30-yard pass. But I think this is where he's special, and this is where he'll be special to me up in Buffalo. Very rare that you have a guy who can run all the routes like Julian Edelman, right, and be that guy. He can do that, yet – he could be a guy you can put on the outside and go, nah, just run by him like Tyree Kill, like you saw in San Francisco in the divisional playoff game. We'll just throw you a bomb. You go get it and outrun everybody and wave as you're going in the end zone, and it's touchdown. And that's rare to be that slot route quickness extraordinaire and then yet be a guy on the outside. You can just say run by him with pure ability and they can't stay with you. Uh, there are not too many guys in football like that, and that's where I think Diggs is special. I kind of had this preconceived notion of Stefan Diggs. I knew he was a good route runner, and, I, and he is, obviously, might be the best in the NFL. Um, but I thought this was interesting is that he 
he's not like the Julian Edelman. He can play that role, but where he's just getting the, the you know the catch a yard down the field, five yards down the field. Right. This, right. That uh, yards before completion uh, per reception. So that's like how far down the high, field were right? you? Were yeah. you when you caught it? He is. He is number four in the NFL, or he was last year, 13.1 average yards down the field when he caught the ball. And so he's a, he's a dude that runs these precise, you know, short out routes, but he more times than not gets down the field. And that was a little surprising to me. I know. I think it is. I think it's the thing that jumped out to me when I went back and watched it again, too. I just go, man, I don't give him enough credit for his exp how explosive he is. You know, he's truly, and he's a very smooth route runner. So and he's smooth running. So I think it does him a little bit of an injustice to where he doesn't look like he's moving as fast as he really is. But when you watch it and then you start to realize, whoa, that guy chasing him is really fast and isn't catching him. Then you start to go, damn, he's fast. Like, I don't care how smooth it is, but you're right. And that's what I meant by four routes. I mean, he really ran post route, go route, deep cross, and then maybe shallow cross and a few slants here or there where it's going to be cool in Buffalo, Ahmed. Is they have, of course, they run the New England offense with Brian Dayball as the offensive coordinator there. So I think this will be the first time in his career. I think he's really going to get like this wide variety of routes that you're talking about the Julian Edelman stuff and then the five yard out routes, the jerk routes, the option routes, where I think statistically he could be one of those guys that explodes this year, where not only could he have big yards and average yards, but I think he could have a number of catches too because I think they're going to put him in positions a lot of the times where he's the first read. Hey, Josh, mm. he'll make the right decision, Stephon Diggs. You just get him the ball, and bam, he gets it to him, and we'll see what he does after the catch. So how do they all work together? And producer Pete Demolimolitis brings this up about you got Cole Beasley, short you know, short zone slot wide receiver. You got John Brown. He's a deep threat. So how do, how do you think they all fit together with this offense? Well, I think it's a little, you know, they're taking a page out of the New England playbook and they're taking a play, you know, and you're seeing the, the Houston Texans are doing this this year too. They want to do it a little bit by more by committee than like, oh, we're just going to make one guy our focal guy. Now, Diggs, I think, will be the focal guy there in Buffalo, but that's what's cool. John Brown, similar skill set to Stefan Diggs. Smaller, not as good, not as physical. Uh, not the route runner Diggs is, but can certainly do some of that stuff. Cole Beasley is definitely that guy you want to do a lot of that Julian Edelman, Wes Welker stuff as well. But I think the beauty of that to me is with those three, with Diggs getting the meat and potatoes, I think, of the majority of the pass plays, I, I think the beauty of it is you're not going to be able to just pin the tail you know, on, oh, this guy runs these kind of routes, this guy runs this kind of route, and this guy runs this kind of route. And we just need to be ready for it when they're in these positions. No, I think they're going to mix it up and you're not going to know who's coming from what direction and who's going long and short and everything like that. And I, I expect that Buffalo offense with Josh Allen in year three, taking a big step last year, everybody understanding that New England system a little bit better, which is very complex. I think it has a chance to really pop off this year and, and be a special offense. Stefan Diggs was eight in the Madden rankings. He's ninth on your list. Cortland Sutton, by the way, was 27th on the Madden rankings and is in the top 10 for Chris Sims. So those are eight or those are 10 and nine. Let's get to eight. And number eight on your list, Chris. Number eight, Amari Cooper, Dallas Cowboys. And man, Amari Cooper, you know, I guess they're just super talented. 
I mean, super ta- has the talent to be a top five receiver. I don't think there's there's any doubt about that. Um, do I think there's moments? Uh, you know, I, I think this is what hurts me with Amari Cooper and why he's probably number eight. You know, it's just he had a period in his career where he kind of went like off the radar and became yeah. nothing in Oakland, and that's why they traded him. And then even with Dallas, I think there's moments of him disappearing a little bit it's, there. I was just going to say that word, disappear. Yeah. It's so yeah. weird with Amari because, yeah, he had those years in Oakland where you're like, wow, he is going to be one of the top receivers for years to come. And then all of a sudden you're like, what happened to Amari Cooper? Was it John Gruden's off? I, we, it was just so puzzling. And then the same thing, you're right, happened on a, a game-by-game basis where he just – and I'm looking at a game against uh, New England. I don't know right. the exact circumstances here, but – Two targets, no catches, a game late against the Rams, two targets, one catch. It's like, where'd he go? I know. And and I, it's, that's that's it. I mean, that's to me. And, and it, I think a lot of that has to play with the injury. Injuries. You know, he played through a bunch of them last year. I know he sure. did. People in Dallas have told me, and he sucked it up. But, yeah, that's been something that's kind of plagued him throughout his career, too. It was like, oh, he's not 100%. He's playing. Uh, and that's why it wasn't a great day. All right, well, Julio Jones is like hasn't been a hundred percent and like since the second game of his career, but somehow he always seems to play and show up in every game. So I think that's why I kind of dock Amari Cooper a little bit is because of that. And you know, listen, I think there's also a part of him there where I do think the offense just didn't do a good enough job of trying to find him or you know going to plays that are going to get him the ball in some of these moments too. But you know, Amari Cooper, you could argue, is the greatest the greatest route runner in the NFL right now. Mm. Uh, and I think, you know, as far as after the catch and making things happen there, it's pretty special, too. He's not going to break tackles and do stuff like that, but he can run away from people and make people miss. And again, a little bit like Stefan Diggs to where, you know, he can do all that slot quickness stuff, but yet just beat you deep for an 80-yard bomb, too. And that's where he's pretty special. Yeah, he uh, he just seems so fast and and got that precision too. Just, you're right. Outside of just all not showing up, and then because it's like in the same breath, you can say he could go off for 15 catches and 200 yards in in any game as well. I wonder if he's you know he seems tough to cover and tough to scheme against for defenses. I don't know if that's just because he's got the speed and the precision uh, precision yes. of the route running. Is that is that what it is, Chris? I, I, I do. He's he's a great – he's really a nuanced route runner. He understands how to change speeds. He understands how to sell sell one route while he's going to really try to run another route. You know, he understands how to, like, play the mental warfare game with a DB, too, and yeah. setting them up for certain routes. So that's where, you know, he is awesome. But, you know, hey, the big thing is I think we hit on it. There's just too many moments and big moments where – He's not there. He doesn't deliver. Um, I Do I blame Dallas at times? Certainly. But I think I blame Amari Cooper, too. He doesn't have that attitude that screams to me like, hey, give me the ball in a big moment. No. I'll take the game over. Right? He doesn't. It just doesn't Super quiet. that way. Super right. quiet guy. And he, I think he's you know, had some moments, too, of where I would say feasted on the poor. You know, you've heard me say that before a little bit, too. Yeah. Where I'm gonna go, okay, oh yeah, he took advantage of, you know, you know, okay, Green Bay, they were getting blown out in a game that was 34 to three, and he got a lot of cheap yards late in the game when they were playing like, you know, prevent defenses. Took advantage of the Philadelphia Eagles 
same type of way late in the game. They were down. So I think that's what kind of like uh, made him number eight, where he has the skill to be a top five guy is what I'm saying. I'd take him on my team, Amari Cooper at number eight, but Chris would take the person at number seven, just ahead of Amari Cooper. Number seven, Chris. Yeah, number seven, A.J. Green, Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I know, the forgotten man, because he didn't play last year. Yeah. But I didn't forget <laughs> yeah. about him. I mean, I'm not. A.J. Green is one of those guys, um, first off, you see him in person, you go, okay, now I know what everybody's talking about. And I understand he was hurt. And this has been a guy who we know has been in, in a, on a team that's good, but not great. Been with a quarterback that's solid, but not great. Never been in an offense that we would look at and go, oh, that's a special offense. But yet, anytime he's on the field, it's 1,100, 1,200, 1,300 yards. And here's a guy that really has no slot value, Ahmed. I mean, He's not that kind of guy. He's not the kind of guy you want to run like that route where you run like a, a five-yard slant route and then you stop and then come back out or you run a five-yard out route and stop and come back in. That's not his game. His game is speed and length. And he's got very quick feet to get off the line of scrimmage and then re-accelerate and do things like that. But he is purely an outside receiver and he scares people because of that length and speed. That's really what helps him to get open. People back the hell up when they see him outside and he's going and then he can put the brakes on and catch a 15 yard comeback and do it all day because everybody's scared. He might go 60 yards over your head for a touchdown. The question for him, obviously, is the injury played just nine games in 2018, played no games uh, last year. The, the toes are that's a super pesky injury. It just seems like the slightest thing you, you land wrong and you're out for a for a number of games there. And so I mean. That's the biggest question mark for me with AJ Green. It seems like teams are are feeling like he can do it. At least the Bengals do. But I don't know. That just seems like a huge, huge red flag for me for AJ Green. Well, I, I understand it. it. It's scary too. I I, I get that. Um, I, I'm you know again. I don't know if it's a scary enough injury for me to knock him out of my top ten yet. And okay. for a guy who you know he didn't rush back last year i would have a hard time thinking we're not going to see a special aj green this year and especially with joe burrow and we never got to see him you know a part of this offense there either uh with the new coaching staff and everything like that so i'm excited to see see what he can do with burrow and um one of the most impressive receivers i've ever seen in person in my life um and maybe that's making me a little bit that's biased uh, but but I, I think ultimately he's just one of those guys that I'm going to say, nope, 2020, those injuries, he'll be okay, and he'll come back with vengeance this year. He'll be 32 years old on July 31st, so a, 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 an early happy birthday to A.J. Green. And, yeah, I mean, his numbers speak for themselves. Whenever he's played at least 16 games, he's been over 1,000 yards, uh, played 13 games in 2014, was over 1,000 yards. But you do wonder. I, I, I'm i super curious to see, Chris, how Joe Burrow handles it. I mean, it's not a great offensive line there in Cincinnati. Uh, someone mentioned when we were talking about quarterbacks who might lead the league in interceptions, I saw someone tweet at us after our podcast and say, I think you should throw Joe Burrow's name into the ring there as a rookie quarterback. I'm just curious how it's all going to work out. I mean, it definitely has a potential for disaster with the offense of course it does i mean yes you know the offense wasn't great last year i'll say this though i think it's got potential to be 
like surprising to people too. You know, they can get Jonah Williams back in the fold on the offensive line, their first round pick from two years ago, and get that straightened out. When you start to talk about, you know, A.J. Green and Boyd and Joe Mixon and some of the other guys they got there, you start to go, okay, T. Higgins at the start of the second round, things like that. I mean, I think Joe Burrow, they can be an exciting team. Uh, I think that, yes, they could also be exciting because they do have some turnovers and they're young and they're learning and everything like that. But <laughs> I think I'm more excited uh, about what I what we might see from Cincinnati this year rather than, you know, being scared. I, I, there's more yeah. excitement this year. Yeah, they're going to be exciting in the way that Jameis Winston is exciting. Right. It's like, oh, is it going to be like, a 50 right. yard bomb or be. a pick six the other way? Right. Yeah. Uh, OK, so A.J. Green. At number seven on your list, we're getting closer to the top five. Not quite there yet. Number six, Chris. Man, this this hurt me. This you know it hurt me. But OBJ is at number six right now. Ooh, you know, wow! I know. Out of your top five, man, it's a you that's did a, the and you did that even last year. You did the hand slap thing where you do the thumbs and snap at the end. He's your guy. He is my guy. I think he can respect that. Yeah, you know, he hasn't been totally healthy himself the last few years. Um, I'm a little concerned when you have core and hip injuries, maybe more than I would be of an A.J. Green, you know, foot injury. I think it's so I there's a part of me that like, listen, when Odell Beckham Jr. is hitting on all cylinders and if he can get back to that, come on, no doubt he's one of the two or three best receivers in football. But his type of injuries and the fact that he relies on his explosiveness so much and he's not a big guy, so he's not going to be able to just be like, oh, throw me jump balls the rest of my career. I guess that does scare me a little bit, you know, and I know he had, you know, sports hernia, the hip, everything. That's a little different to me. And there's soft tissue muscle things to where I want to. I want to watch and see, like, if we did this like week four of the NFL season. And I got to see three weeks of Odell and go, oh, wait, yeah. he's back. He's back. And then he's probably going to go right back into my top two or three. But I do have that question mark right now. I do. Um, but, yeah, I think this is you, – you know my thoughts on Odell Beckham Jr. A healthy Odell Beckham Jr. is the most talented receiver I've ever seen in my life. He is. And part of the reason he got injured, and I'll always say this, is a little bit like what's happened to Aaron Rodgers sometimes in Green Bay – you know, when you play on a crap team and you're the freaking man and everybody's looking for you, even though your team's crappy, to make the big play because, oh, you're old. You know, you're going to get injured every now and then. And to me, that's what happened with him with the Giants. You know, they stunk. Eli wasn't good. So yeah. he'd get a four-yard pass and he'd be like, I got to go to the house. I got to go 70. And that makes you put your body in some vulnerable positions. And that's what happened. You know, and it's happened to Aaron Rodgers. It's happened to a lot of great talents over the years. So uh, I'm excited. I think he's going to bounce back. I think he is in my heart of hearts. But I think realistically, I couldn't put him above six uh, right now. I think a lot of people, we wanted to see it work out with Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham and just see those two personalities also produce a a high-flying season. But then he ended last year with just 64 yards per game by far the worst of, of his career, never been in the 60s uh, before, and it was a 23-yard reduction from the uh, the previous season. Uh, a couple things jumped out to me when I was looking at the numbers, Chris. Uh, one of them 
was they have a, a stat on football reference intercepted when targeted. So when the receiver has been targeted, who, uh, how many times did the quarterback throw an interception? Uh, Probably a were, lot. There were a lot. Odell Beckham, seven times. Um, there were four players that had eight interceptions when targeted. Odell Beckham was the lone man with seven. Uh, one of the guys with eight when targeted was Jarvis Landry, also for Cleveland. So it, you know, part you of the problems quarterback issue. Exactly. Right. Part of the problems for Odell Beckham had nothing to do with Odell Beckham. But I will point out, um, despite the injuries, this is a next gen fastest yeah. wide receivers with the ball on a catch. I went through and right. saw all the receivers last year who was fastest had to have the ball after a catch. Odell Beckham was the second fastest recorded last year. He was against going, the Jets in week two. It was the 89 touchdown, 89 yard yeah, touchdown reception. Jets. Was that it? Right. So he went 21.7. So when healthy, the fastest or one of the fastest wide receivers uh, in the NFL. By the way, Mikul Hardman had uh, two that were faster than that. Tyreek Hill, not even up there. He, he just runs fast all the time, but wasn't top, top end speed. Yeah, well, you know, and, and listen, that's why Odell's special to me. It really is. That's why, you know, that Odell that we're talking about, the 89-yard touchdown pass and, uh, you know, the 21 miles per hour, he wasn't healthy then. He wasn't. Mm. I was at training camp in Cleveland, and he was bat- he was battling injuries then, the day I was there. He was – the team was telling me that his hip had been bothering him, and he was kind of sucking it up and been practicing and had some issues. So, you know, like I said, I'll stand by. I mean, to me, when, when hitting on all cylinders, he's the best receiver I've ever seen in my life because unbelievable catch radius, can beat you deep, and, of course – I mean, how many highlights does he have of a guy who catches a four-yard slant route and runs for 70-yard touchdown? I mean, that's, you know, that's special. I just, you know, people got to remember, this guy back in 2016, when they went to the playoffs with the Giants and Eli Manning and stuff, you know, he was the only guy they had on offense. They had a great defensive year, and they were basically going, we hope Odell can make two or three plays to get us like 10 points, and we'll win the game 17-14. And a lot of those weeks he did. And that's yeah. really rare to see a receiver like carry an offense that way to me. Um, but yeah, you know, that's my man. I'm rooting for OBJ always. If he can prove he is healthy, he will make it back up into Chris's top five, but he is not there right now. This next man is number five, Chris. Yeah, number five, I'm going DeAndre Hopkins. Woo, man. I mean, this, this, I'm telling you, this is tough. I, it that's really lower is. than I, I thought it was going to be. I thought he'd be higher. I know because it. I just I thought he'd be higher too when I was kind of doing it in my head. Uh, you know, when I was first told about the exercise, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. You know where to begin. First off, I think it's probably the best hands in football. That's where I'd probably start the conversation. I don't think there's anybody better catching the ball in traffic or with people around him than DeAndre Hopkins. So strong. I mean, can catch it, pull it in one hand, two hand, whatever it may be. We already talked about, you know, you brought it up earlier, his ability to break tackles. You know, that's where he's special too. You know, he can, he has enough speed to beat you on the outside and scare you that way, even though it's not like, oh my gosh, you're, you're like, you know, biting your fingernails. Like, oh no, he's going to run by us that way. But again, here's another guy with really no weakness in his football game, can do it all, dependable, 
good route runner. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's the greatest route runner. He's a good route runner, but he understands how to get open and always seems to catch the ball when it's when it's around him. So yeah, Hopkins, without a doubt, one of the five best receivers. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's maybe he should be higher. I don't know. Like I said, it was tough, but I felt pretty good about putting him number five. As we mentioned before, yeah, he had nine broken tackles according to football reference last year. That was second in the NFL, only to Cortland Sutton, who had 12. So how do you think he may be utilized different? Uh, how will you know having Kyler Murray throw to him be different than Deshaun Watson? What will be different this year, you think, with uh, DeAndre Hopkins? Well, I just think more or less he might get more cheap completions this year. I think where he could, like, if I was going to just, like, just statistically talk, go – I could see this being a year of maybe the most receptions he's had in his career. Mm. They're going to go all in and not that the Houston didn't, but I think Arizona has got enough talent right now, hopefully at that receiver position. And I think they do to where you're not going to just be able to hone in on him. They're going to spread the field and it's going to be the run and shoot Kyler Murray style. Uh, so I don't know if it'll be a whole lot different other than, you know, Billy O'Brien was patient with the run, and Cliff Kingsbury is a little bit more of a wide-open style of offense, I guess I would say, to where it could just lend itself to maybe more big plays and more cheap catches for him. Let me throw this at you real quick, because I don't know how yeah. much to read into it. Maybe I shouldn't read anything into it, but um, on Next Gen, they have this thing called expected yards after the catch. And so what they do is they they look and see, okay, when you caught it, how fast were you running? Where were the other defenders? How much extra yardage should you have gotten according to their algorithm? So and I don't his know. His is it what? With, not good? His is not good. So his is I a surprising negative. His was a surprising yeah. negative. It was uh, you know, negative half a yard per reception of what they thought it should be. What do you what do you make of that? I, I you know, I'm glad you brought it up because I would say that would probably been one of my negatives where you know, yes, he can break tackles, but I think there's times where you go, man, he broke the tackle, and maybe some of these receivers we would have in front of him, I'd go, they'd have got 10 or 12 more yards here. But yeah. because he's not, like, overly explosive, he might only get four or five yards. Or he's certainly not the type of guy, you know, and I think this is another reason I probably got him at five. He's not the type of guy, and I challenge anybody really out there. There's only one or two in his whole career, or maybe three, of like him catching a slant and running 60, 70, 80 yards, right? And just outrunning people with speed or, you know, juking them or, you know, stiff arms. There's just not a lot of that in his. Once he catches the ball, it's kind of like he's going to go straight up field, tough yards. He's not dancing around. He's not going to run away from people. He might break the arm tackles that you've brought up, but that's about where it ends for him. So what do you think when we look back and say he would have stayed on Houston his whole career or now he's you know got another chapter with Kyler Murray? Is his ceiling higher with his quarterback being Deshaun Watson or is his ceiling higher as a receiver with Kyler Murray, you think? Ooh. I want to say a ceiling. It has nothing to do with the quarterback to me. To me, it has more of the offense and the play calling. You know, I think Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson and, you know, my heart of hearts, I think next year could both be, you know, when we know Watson was number four for me, I think Kyler Murray could certainly be a top five quarterback too. So it's super talented to me where I think it could be different, you know, is this Cliff Kingsbury air raid influence 
Sure. And the other reason thing I look at with Cliff Kingsbury that really impressed me with last year, Ahmed, is you know, his offense grew as the year went on and became more and more creative. And he started doing more and more stuff to where, you know, I guess that's where I give it the advantage over Billy O'Brien. Billy O'Brien to me, the offense is good, but I don't go great. It's basic New England stuff, what they run with the Houston Texans, where I guess I think Cliff Kingsbury has the potential maybe to be a little bit more of a special offensive game designer than, than Billy O'Brien. Cliff is good. Cliff is a smart guy. I, I put him so in the Chris Sims, uh, right. Chris Sims category of evaluating talent. What was that quote that he had about Patrick Mahomes when he was coming out of college that one day he's going to be the highest paid player in the NFL? And then, of course, his thoughts on Kyler Murray. Much like you, Chris, the dude knows what he's talking about when it comes to quarterbacks and offensive, oh, offensive play there. Well, I'll, I'll say he handsome as hell, great deep <laughs> voice, and he's a great dude. And he's yeah. been around a lot of players, and he does. He's got a great eye for talent. He knows quarterbacks. And, you know, I knew they were drafting Kyler Murray at the Combine two years ago. I knew it because he asked me about the quarterbacks when we were off camera and we had a little conversation yeah. and then we got into Kyler Murray and I made some comments and he was like, I saw his eyes open up and he went, I totally agree. And that's when I was like, Whoa, they're taking Kyler Murray with the number one pick. You're screwed. Josh Rosen. Oh, no. Uh -oh. <laughs> uh, if you ever get invited to his house, invite me over because that was the most impressive room I've ever seen. Remember that during the draft and they showed him in yeah. that house, wherever he was in the Arizona Phoenix area. Oh my yes, God, that was, awesome. that was sharp. It really was. I, I got on my that. buddy, Kyle Shanahan. Cause I was like, man, your house just didn't compete with McVeigh and Cliff <laughs> Kingsbury. You're third, no. at least third. In the NFC West. Yeah, his camera was like in a corner of one of his uh, office rooms there. Yeah, right, yeah right. not up to par. Uh, okay, so DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins, number five. Uh, we're going to number four. Who's just ahead of a D-Hop? Number four, I think, is the most underrated wide receiver in football probably the last three, four years. That's Mike Evans, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep, Mike Evans. I mean, Mike Evans is a game changer to me. You know, maybe can't work the slot as good as a – DeAndre Hopkins can and you know some of the other guys we've talked about like no he, he doesn't do that he's not as good as Michael Thomas in the slot or things like that but he is an absolute defensive game plan changer with his ability to just beat people on the outside you know again he's 6'5 he's 232 pounds and he ran 437 I mean there's just there's only a few people on the planet Earth that that are built like that. So between that, playing on that team he's played, playing with the quarterback he's played with, right? I mean, to me, Mike Evans is he's a superstar. And if we do have football this year, and you know Brady and the Bucks can get it going, I just think this is another guy that's gonna just he's gonna be one of those jump on the national media scene where everybody's like, man, is Mike Evans the best receiver in football? My, you know, it, it's there because they're going to be better and Brady's there. And that's going to give him the proper attention. But to me, this is one of the greatest mismatches in the sport. Jump balls, beat you with speed, back shoulder ability, adjusting the football, whatever it is. He is one of those guys that every defensive coordinator is always wary of. He is Chris Godwin could probably give him part of his paycheck. Because he demands <laughs> double teams more times than not. Uh, he's going to turn 27 years old, so still very young, uh, coming up in August. Former first-round pick, seventh overall out of Texas A&M. The stat sheet, you're right. I mean, Every year he's played so far, 
He's been over over a thousand yards and has not necessarily played in every game, uh, every season either. Uh, the deep ball too, he can do that. Big, as you mentioned, uh, the yards before completion per reception. I mentioned before with Stephon Diggs, Mike Evans, top three in the NFL. So he's getting down the field before he's catching the ball better than just about every other receiver out there. Right. That's the question. Will he be able to continue to do that with Tom Brady? Will Tom Brady be able to utilize his talents and showcase those talents of Mike Evans? I, I think he will. Yeah, I think so. I think Brady's going to bring enough of his own wrinkles to the offense. And then I think Brady's going to have this. He's going to realize and he's going to go, wait, is this 2007 again? Am I throwing to Randy Moss? Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. need to be perfect. I just got to throw it up in the general vicinity and this guy will get it. Listen, Mike Evans. He's truly a victim of his own greatness here. See, what happens with a guy like Mike Evans is a lot of the times he gets none of the offensive scheme, schemed up plays for the receiver to look at where the quarterback can drop back and go, okay, we got three guys over here on the left and, you know, everybody's doing their different thing. But, you know, the play is for, 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 you know, Michael Evans, Mike Evans, you're really going to cause this confusion so you can just hit Mike Evans. No, you know, he's so good. They just go, no, you line up over there. If you get man to man, we're going to tell our guy to come to you because we don't think anybody can get you man to man. And because of that, they don't ask him to run a lot of maybe some of the cheap routes that other receivers get to run because he's so physically gifted. They're always just right. You run the post, you run the go route. You yeah. run the 20-yard out route. Why would we have somebody else do that when you're the best at it and you cause all the attention? So because he's so talented, it causes him to lose receptions and things like that statistically on a year-to-year -year basis too. And I think that needs to be recognized. So here's the question posed by Matt. Will he be the second best receiver that Tom Brady has ever played with? If you put Randy Moss number one, uh, is will he be the second best receiver given that we get on the field here actually in 2020 yeah. you got Edelman yeah, you, you got Wes Welker Antonio yeah. Brown for one game you got right well that was he's damn good you're right that was you're right <laughs> I, I forgot about him uh, but I think legitimately for like if we're gonna say sustained period of time yeah I think this yeah. is Mike Evans will be the most talented wide receiver he's ever thrown to, you know, I think he'll look at it over. Like, no, oh, not over is, Randy, over Randy, not Moss. over Randy as Randy's one. And then, but he's going to look at it like Randy or Gronk. He's going to go, Oh, it, this just doesn't fucking matter with these guys. I can just yeah. throw it in the area and they catch it. And I think he's going to have a love affair with Mike Evans, let alone. I know Mike Evans is chomping at the bit to be known more on the national scene and get a little bit more respect nationally than he does. Yep. All right, so Mike Evans is uh, number four. You like him a lot, but you like three other guys better than Mike Evans, who's a monster. All right, number three, Chris. Yeah, well, this guy's a monster too. I mean, you know, I know I'm probably going to be lower on him than most people, but it's Mike Thomas. Michael Thomas, New Orleans Saints, would be my number three receiver in football. And listen, Mike. You feel Thomas, like you I'm had to call him a monster just to get the Saints fans off your back? Did you? Well, is that why you did that? You know, listen, I know. No, it's not why I did that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I don't bow to any fan base. And, hey, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you that did I misevaluate Mike Thomas coming out of college? You know, did I miss the ball a little bit on how you could use him, right? You know, I mean, really, Sean Payton's really the first guy, really, to use these big receivers as slot receivers. 
So when I first saw him coming out, I just was like, oh, I don't know if he's explosive enough to just be winning on the outside all the time. And he's not. He's not that kind of guy that can always just win with explosiveness on the outside. But, you know, there's other things he brings to the table that are very impressive. First off, on the outside, he's arguably the best back shoulder receiver in football. So, again, that, that kind of takes away that weakness of, oh, he doesn't beat people deep as much. doesn't matter. He just seems to catch the ball when it comes his way. But then I think the route running is really special for somebody his size. And then all the different things he does for that offense and, like, tough, detailed, intricate routes that a lot of the time take thinking on the fly, let alone – just an absolute toughness to his football game, whether it's getting open against double coverage or tough man-to-man coverage or whatever it may be. And then, you know, his ability to play through contact, I think is really special. So I don't look at him as like the most physically gifted guy in football, but I look at him as probably the second best hands in football behind DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best route runners in football, and really one of the most dependable targets in football. It's not always going to be sexy, but Mike Thomas is one of those guys like it's always he's always going to catch it in the crowd, wide open, no matter what it is. And he's really more times than not because he understands what Sean Payton's trying to do. He really understands how to get open against about any other any coverage. Good eye for Sean Payton, second round pick, 47th overall in the 2016 draft out of Ohio State. Yeah, 6'3, 212 pounds, pretty big for a slot receiver. Yeah, the numbers are ridiculous. I mean, that offense with Drew Brees and Michael Thomas is just the perfect marriage. Uh, 125 catches in 2018. That was the most in the NFL. And then last year crushed it with 149 uh, and over 1,700 yards. What I don't like is – well, it is. It's ridiculous. And and what I don't like, though, is just, you know, people just look at it and go, oh, he's got the most catches. He's the best receiver in the game. And, you know, I I don't like that. We – we could get other great receivers to play in the Sean Payton offense, and they'd probably lead the league in receptions too. It's not about that always. It's not. But between, hey, people forget, New Orleans Saints like to run the ball. He's an unbelievable blocker. He's selfless mm. that way. He's a big-time red zone target. Uh, and, you know, again, where I made comments earlier where he might not survive in some simpler offenses that are more dependent on the receivers winning with just pure physical ability. I can also sit here with a straight face and say, I think there's some receivers out there that have more pure physical ability, but can't do some of the things he can do as far as route running, catching the ball in traffic over the middle and being dependable that way for the capacity he is either. That's where, you know, it becomes a juggling act in this kind of conversation. Led the NFL in yards after the catch last year. Um, Never hurt. Ne- yeah, yeah, stays on the feet. You're, you're right. He just missed, you know, no, no game. You know, he played yeah. in, he's played in all but one game his rookie year. He missed uh, one game, it looks like there. Um, and he catches the ball too. And a lot of that might be a function of some of those shorter passing routes. But in the NFL, no one caught a higher percent of their targets than Michael Thomas, which is crazy yes. when you consider that he got 185 targets. So he got more targets yeah. than anyone and caught a higher percentage than anyone. That's what I mean. That's that's where that's where to me, you know, I think Mike Evans is more talented. And I probably think DeAndre Hopkins is more talented. But I think do I think they would have 
you know, capitalized on all those balls that were thrown to Michael Thomas that way? No, I don't think they would. That's where he's the most dependable wide receiver in the game. There's no doubt. And I think if you got anything, you know, third and seven or less, Michael Thomas is, you know, the number one target in football right now. He wouldn't be the guy if it was third and long that I want. But if you get down to that third and six, third and five, third and four, and you need a first down, Damn it, I'm, I'm probably calling uh, Michael Thomas down in New Orleans and going, hey, man, I need you here. Come on, come on. I need it. It's a big third down, third and five. I know you can go open all day, and yeah. I can put the ball anywhere, and you'll catch it, and we'll get a first down. You just said so many nice things about Michael Thomas there, but for the Saints fans that just see the tweet, tweet it out after we're done here with Michael Thomas three, you are going to get, get crushed. shit on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> won't even matter how many nice things you just said. Uh, all right. Michael Thomas, great receiver, number three, your top two. We're into your top two, Chris. Yeah, well, Julio Jones. I'm going with Julio at number two still. I I actually can't believe it at this point of his career that I still think he's the number two receiver in football. It really is amazing. But, hey, this is a first ballot Hall of Famer. This is one of the greatest receivers to ever play football. He is. You know, I think when when it gets all said and done, I mean, hey, we're looking at a Terrell Owens-type talent here. You know, we're talking about a guy that I think is going to go down as one of the five greatest receivers maybe to ever play football. I think that's how special he is, you know, because what I would say is like everything we've talked about with like all these guys, Julio can do it all, right? I mean, Julio, I think, could have 149 catches in the New Orleans Saints offense, probably, yes. Hands are probably not as quite as good. I'm not sure sure some of the slot route running is to the capacity of Michael Thomas either, but he's just more of a pure physical raw athlete that way. Uh, He is the type of guy who can catch a 10 yard slant or a five yard slant and go 60, 70 yards to the house, or at least get it down to the three or four yard line or whatever it may be. Now I know a lot of the pushbacks going to be, well, he doesn't get a lot of touchdowns and things like that. He doesn't show up in the red zone. Well, Okay, if there's a flaw to Matt Ryan's game, he doesn't have a power arm, and sometimes you need a strong arm down inside the, the red zone because it's tight quarters. Defense, defense don't have to worry about anything behind them, let alone I think it's been a very underwhelming red zone-type offense that they run there in Atlanta ever since Kyle Shanahan left. So I don't think they necessarily do things to help him get touchdowns that way. I think a lot of times they use him once they get down there to get double teamed and everything else, and they call plays for everybody else. But uh, I still think this is one of the the best receivers in football. Can fly, can do things after the catch, can catch jump balls. Um, True, true physical Greek god in Julio Jones. I mean, he's led the NFL in yards per game three times, led the NFL in receptions once. Uh, looks like, you know, he's got 15 yards per catch. I mean, yeah, he's just been able to be consistent through his, I think it's nine year career, um, so far. So what you as a quarterback, I'm kind of curious because you said Julio can do it all right. He's not just not that big guy, jump ball kind of receiver. Do you take, would you always take a guy like Julio over a guy like, you know, Michael Thomas or like a Tyreek Hill, who's a, who's a fast guy, like, is, is it ultimately the Julio Jones type of receiver? Big dude is still fast. I can throw it up. He's like a safety valve that you're going to take 10 times out of 10 in the NFL. Most times. Most times I am. I mean, yeah, this is, this is an all-time great. 
I mean, we're talking about sure. here. You know, like I said, he can just beat you with pure speed or just be that guy like you're talking about, the jump ball. Hey, I don't know who's going to catch it. Oh, he always seems to catch it type of guy. Yeah, he's got all of that. He does. But it doesn't mean I always take it because my number one receiver is Tyreek Hill. And, yes, there's aspects of Tyreek Hill's game that are not as good as Julio Jones and Michael Thomas. But his speed and weaponry is so much scarier that I'm making him the number one wide receiver in football because of that. And because his speed is such a weapon, it takes away from some of the flaws in his game and changes the game greater than a guy like Julio Jones or Michael Thomas at this point to me. And that's why I go Tyreek Hill number one. Again, best receiver in football to me is not the guy who always has the most catches and most yards. You know, it, a lot of the times it comes down to, you know, Tyreek Hill's the number one weapon in the game. There's the number one weapon. I don't think anybody scares defenses more than Tyreek Hill. I don't think anybody changes coverages on the defensive side of the ball more than Tyreek Hill because people are scared of him and those type of things. So, yeah, can he run the slot, slot routes to the capacity Michael Thomas can? No. Can he run those Julian Edelman routes like Stefan Diggs can? No. But neither, none of them can catch a, a three-yard shallow cross and go up the sidelines for a 90-yard touchdown either. Or, you know, catch a screen pass and go 90. Or, you know, on third and 15, run a 50-yard post-corner route and like, um, oh, the Super Bowl and get that. I mean, that, that's, that's special. So, yes, he's not like the most polished guy in the world. But he's the scariest receiver in the game. And you know what? When Randy Moss and I was playing in the NFL and Randy Moss in the NFL, there was a lot of other receivers that were better at a lot of different things than him. I can just tell you, when we were getting ready to play Randy Moss, RDBs were scared as hell that week, a lot scared, more scared of the guys who were, like, getting a lot of catches and running a lot of perfect routes. So uh, that's, that's, to me, the value of Tyreek Hill, and that's why he would be my number one pick at receiver right now. That was pretty cool in a couple respects. There it was kind of I led you down that path with the question, and then as Pete notes here, you made your own segue into number one. I felt like that was like podcast magic right there. Now you're not supposed to call that out. You're just supposed to like live it and then just let it happen. But I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, Tyree Kill. I I am surprised. I would not have thought Tyree Kill. I actually didn't think of who you'd have at number one, but I, for some reason I didn't think it was. Uh, was Tyreek Hill, but it but it makes sense. And man, you look at that offense for for Kansas City, and I mentioned before how Mecole Hardman had some of the fastest times uh, after receptions. Man, that is a that is a fast team. And what now? They got uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Edwards Alaire, um, yeah, right. coming in as out of the backfield there. Wow, Chiefs are going to – I mean, this has the chance if we play in 2020, which we hopefully do. Uh, yeah, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, if they play in 2020, man, this is a fast uh, – we we might see some records be broken, and, 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 and um, Patrick Mahomes has already thrown for 50 touchdowns in his career. I know. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, this group challenged Peyton Manning and that Broncos 55 touchdown passes in the season. I wouldn't. You know, I, I, they're going to be loose as hell this year. They've already got through the hard part. They won the championship. The pressure's off. Now it's just like all icing on top. And I think these guys, like, they like icing is what I'm saying. I think they're <laughs> going to be looking to, to do, you know, uh, lick, lick it up as much as they possibly can. But 
Yeah, I think when I break down Tyreek Hill, again, you know, like I said, the most nuanced route runner, no. But, you know, defenses having to change their approach, mismatch, nightmare. I, I think I've told you, I've really only seen one guy give him problems covering a man-to-man, and that was Jalen Ramsey. It's the only guy I've seen give him issues. Other than that, he torches everybody. And, yeah, you know, I, I think you got to take into account, you know, I know we're thinking about wide receiver, but when I think about the wide receiver, I think of reverses and speed sweeps and things like that because that's what wide receivers are asked to do this day and age in the NFL. And he's a game changer that way. So when you think about Tyreek Hill, even though he doesn't run like all the great short routes, the slot routes like we've talked about with some of these guys, because he's so such a rare skill set and a rare athlete, he still makes you defend him in every aspect of the field just like those guys, just a different way. Because, yeah, he might catch a screen. It's nothing great, you know. But, yeah, he catches a screen and, and splits, splits two defenders. He's gone. See ya. You know, where, you know, other guys, uh, they, they might be better route runners, but they catch that same screen and it's only a seven-yard game. And to right. me, that's where Tyree Kill is really special. And he gets so many other plays – uh, or play, gets gets the other players on his team off on a weekly basis because the attention that is, you know, attracted towards him throughout the game. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. So who'd you leave off here? Who'd you snub? Who are we going to hear from? Who who pained you to leave off your top 10? Who just barely missed oh, out here? Well, I think the guy that my number one that hurt me was DJ Moore for the Carolina Panthers. Really? Yeah, because he's a little bit that way of what we just talked about. He's a weapon. You know, he had 1,100 yards last year receiving the football. Yeah. You know, so DJ Moore was, I think, probably the guy I had up next. And then, hmm. honestly, I probably had D- I had DK Metcalf probably as the next guy up wow. on there. 
And then you get into the Devontae. Over Tyler Lockett. You have you like DK over Tyler Lockett. I do. I like DK over Tyler Lockett. I do. I mean, DK, again, is, you know, I think he could be that Mike Evans guy here coming up where we're just going, yeah. I mean, it's not 100 catches every year, but it's 60 catches for like 1,200 yeah. yards every year. And he's and they they ask him to do the most physically tough stuff. He doesn't get the cheap completions and things like that, right? So, yes, those – I mean, T.Y. Hilton's not on the list. Devontae yeah. Adams isn't on the list. Who is I number mean, five on Madden's list, Devontae Adams. Right, right. Adam Thielen, I think he's the, another guy that was right on the edge for me. Hey, Chris Godwin was second in football in receptions, and I didn't put him on the list. You know, so... It, you did mention him. You did mention him and that he should thank Mike Evans for uh, all those receptions. So you did. Uh, he did yes, get a mention. I, I, I did get a mention. I didn't mean that to be like disrespectful to him, but it certainly does help him. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it is a yeah. really good, awesome slot receiver. Yes. But I don't think he has the physical ability of some of the guys we're talking about. But yeah, I think those were Terry McLaurin that we talked about. I, yeah. I think those are guys to say, like, when I talk about that group where I said, you know, there's some guys here who might fall off next year, right? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if DJ Moore. You know, the Cortland Suttons, the DK Metcalfs, the D, uh, Devontae Parker even, um, and who else? And then Terry McLaurin's. I wouldn't be surprised if those guys are the ones that challenge to get into that top 10 next year, for me at least, uh, yeah. because I, I think they're guys that have really special, special talent. You don't like my guy, Kenny Galladay? My I do Lions. like Kenny. He's on my list. I promise you. He's here. Kenny Galladay was here. No doubt. Yeah. I just don't know if I can put him quite, you know, with these top 10 guys, but you know, top 20 for sure. Let me throw another name. Allen Robinson with Chicago as, as, as rough as their quarterback issues have been. And he's, he's had quarterback issues his whole career still put up numbers. I know. And he's a good player. He is. I mean, he's, he would be like the, one of those guys back shoulders, jump balls. He's about as good as there is in the sport after the catch. Not a lot there, but you know, hey, I you know this is why I hate doing these things because I know I'm gonna have to see him at some point, and he might see this and not like yeah. me, not like me anymore. And I really have a lot of respect for a guy like uh, Allen Robinson's game. One more, and I don't know if you mentioned him, um, AJ Brown. I like him a I lot, know. right? With Penn, I mean, he seems like he at the the way he finished the year is like wow. In one or two years, he could be a top five receiver in football. I, I agree. It, you know, he's on here too. He's on this longer list I have, along with another guy you mentioned that I'll put in the same category, Debo Samuel. You mentioned him a little yeah. earlier on. You know, I, uh, listen, they crossed my mind. Debo Samuel, he, he crossed my mind for sure because I think he's that weapon guy we're talking about again too. You got to take that into account. You know, they give him a lot of reverses, speed sweeps, toss sweeps, things like that where – yeah, I'm counting that as their wide receiver ability, and he's a weapon that way. But, yeah, yeah you're right. Those are two guys, again, that, that could jump on the scene here uh, next year. Uh, okay, so that's your top 10 list uh, because Madden threw a 99 on Michael Thomas, and he was the fifth 99 uh, that they have this year, fifth and last. So they got five. Is that the members. most ever in one year? Do we know that? Pete Demolitolitis, can you look? I feel like I don't remember a year of seeing five ninety-nine players in a given year in Madden. Pete has sent a message in the group chat that he will research. So you've you've Thank given you. Pete a task between now and the end of this podcast. Uh, I have more. 
So I came up with Ahmed's 99, who now I do have to get like a gold chain or something like you mentioned, or a little tiny gaming chair or an energy drink that I have now uh, given up, but may bleh. pass along as a uh, as a prize for being in my 99 club. Okay, so I'll give you Madden's oh, wait. 99. Wait, go yes, ahead. Yes, please. I want to hear that. I want to hear what are Madden's 99s first. Yes. So they had Michael Thomas at 99. They had Christian McCaffrey at 99. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Donald, and Stephon Gilmore. That was their 99 club. You ready for mine? Oh, yeah, baby. I'm ready. Okay. I have three of the same. I agree on Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Donald and Christian McCaffrey. Any quibbles with any of those, Chris? No, no, I have no quibbles with those. In fact, I'll just make this statement right now. To me, if I was doing the grading, right, and I mm -hmm. don't mean to like, those would be the only three 99s I would have in the game this year. That would be me. That's just me, and I understand that. But that, to me, would be for sure the three 99s I would pick. So let me hear your your list. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped, baby. So I'm a little more generous, you know, I like to spread the love, but I get it. You know, it's like great inflation when you're in college. If everyone's getting an A plus, then it doesn't mean anything anymore. I, I understand the sentiment there, but I'm going to give a few more 99s here. And I'm going to give another one to another quarterback in Russell Wilson, who is a 97 on Madden, uh, but has had a terrible offensive line the past few years. And so I'm going to reward Russell for a great career and a great season last year with a 99. Yeah, I, I, I mean... He's a you don't agree. I know you don't agree, but no, I, I don't but you agree, see where I'm going with that. Yeah, I do see where you're going. And he is. Yes. I mean, first off, I just I'm glad you're giving him credit because he's, he's just so much better than what he gets credit for from from everybody else. I feel like this one I think I could convince you on. Uh, he currently has a 98 in Madden, but he did it all last year. Pass catching, run blocking, team leader. George Kittle, tight end of the San Francisco 49ers. I'm putting in the Ahmed 99 club. I, when, when I first saw there was five, 90, you know, people in the 99 club, I wondered if George Kittle would get there. But I think that's yeah. a good one. Like, again, if we're just giving love and he's without a doubt to me, the best tight end in the game right now, what does he really yes. rank? Would you say 97? Is that where he's ranked at? He's 98 on Madden. So he's super close. He's super close is right. He'll yeah. I, I don't know what more they need to see, but uh, yeah, he's, he is truly a special player. He's going to become the highest paid tight end in the history of football here at some point. That's what they're waiting for. They're waiting for him to get that big contract and then he can get the extra point uh, in the Madden rankings, which he should get in short order. All right, I got two more that made my 99 club. And this next one was only a 94 on Madden, but in much the same vein that we say George Kittle is the best a tight end in the game right now. I'm going to reward him with a 99 for that. I'm going to reward Quentin Nelson, guard for Indianapolis, with a 99, just because I, I I love him as a person. Seems like a super fun guy, and he's a great football player. He's a great football player. When I went through the offensive line in my and I had I wrote his name down. He was the only guy out of all the offensive linemen I went through to where I would go. Maybe I could justify a 99 for him. You know, I, of course, didn't make him that guy, but I get it. Yeah. I think to me, he's the he's the best offensive lineman in the sport. He is. I mean, I'm trying to go through it real quick in my head, but I don't think there's anybody better. I mean, he's pretty good. In he's really good in pass protection. He's an absolute bulldozer in the run game. So 
Uh, he'd certainly at 94 is all he is. I'm a little surprised. 94, by that. yeah, going to be a little higher. Uh, I know you like Brandon Brooks over there with the Eagles. I know you've mentioned oh, him do. before too, so yeah. he he's yeah. up there. But uh, I, I'm I'm glad that we have so much agreement. That means like doing the podcast with you for a year, you've you've infiltrated my mind completely, and now we are the same person. Uh, okay, I got one more. Uh, this one, Bill Belichick told Tony Romo and Jim Nance before a CBS game that this player might be the best player on the Titans. He said he might be the best player on the Titans. I'm giving him a 99. That player is Brett Kern, punter of the Tennessee Titans, head and shoulders <laughs> above everyone else, even though I think he's number two on, on Madden. Um, yeah, he is to Johnny Hecker, who they have uh, the Rams uh, ahead of him. Uh, 37 punts. He is good too. 37 punts inside the 20 for Brett Kern. Led the NFL, only had two touchbacks all regular season. Give him a 99 is what I say. Way to go, dude. I mean, really. It really is. I mean, good for you. Yeah. I mean, nobody thinks – I didn't think about the punters. Certainly <laughs> not. And yeah. I played with Brett. Brett is uh, – yeah, he's he did. He does. Yes, he's got great feel. He really does. Even on the golf course, he's a great golfer too. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I am not surprised to see him last this long because I saw him in practice for – uh, my let's see, that was my last year of my career. I mean, we had practice drills and they're trying to pin the ball inside the five and do that. And you're a quarterback and you're kind of sitting there, you got a, like a period off and you're watching them, you know, do special team stuff. He yeah. was like a machine. It was like, you know, I felt like he could punt the ball inside the five better than, than I and the, the rest of the quarterbacks could throw the ball inside the five. It, it's pretty special. You know, I'm, I'm actually surprised Tucker, Justin Tucker, the Baltimore I, Ravens. I almost threw I almost threw yeah. him in there. He's 87 overall. I just don't think they want to give kickers and punters that much love. They no, no, but, uh, neither was, he neither is the highest I. rated kicker. Yeah. yeah, right. You know what? Another All name right. I kind of considered there in yeah. there a little bit. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I looked over at the safety position, and Justin Simmons had ch such a good year last year that I was like, oh, maybe I might, but I was like, nah, close, but no cigar. Well, I thought you were gonna go because uh, Jamal Adams is one of the guys I wrote down as a question mark. Oh. I don't know where he's ranked, but to me, you know, he's one of the best safeties in football. He is the best safety in football. And I know when we were doing this and I just kind of went through it, the names I wrote down just for Madden 99 were Mahomes, yep. Donald, McCaffrey. I wrote Gilmore down, but question marks next to it. And yeah. Jamal Adams and Quentin Nelson the same way. I put question marks next to it, which meant wow. I felt like they were very close, but I wasn't sure I was going to give them that 99. Okay. All right. Pete has done his research. He said that in 19 or 2019, Madden had four players at 99 preseason, then added three during the season. And then in 2018, they had three preseason. In 2017, they had four. So yeah, five might be the most, although Five's they may more throughout the season uh oh right. he's got another note here back in 2011 they had six but i'm not sure if that was all in the preseason so they add some as the season goes on they increase some of those ratings and depending on how they're playing and so we'll see we'll see if they have 99 inflation this year all right we chris did it, man we did we it did. <laughs> i always like to we get it's like we got, got to the finish line here all sweaty here it is a hot day actually in connecticut we're not used to this 90 degree weather and it's a little Very steamier in my goodness there. well but, uh, i mean 
why don't we show the people what you always do when we're getting done with the podcast? <laughs> I think we've done it. We've done it before. But I do want to say, hey, Chris, um, well done coming together with another another top 10 list. It was like you didn't even recover from from your uh, your top 40 quarterback list. We gave you another assignment. But uh, it's it's cool. I like to get into your into your brain and see how you evaluate some of these guys because it is so much uh, so much different. And Matt says, running backs next week i don't know if he's just proposing that to you now or if that's a set in stone no what he says is what it goes i don't mess with that guy <laughs> he's my boss so okay yeah. running backs next week but i like it and again i don't sit here and just go i know i got other coach friends in football that wouldn't see it the same way as me i don't think they're gonna see it as you know too far off from me but just, this is just hey it's july 20th it's a good jump off for conversation yeah. and debate and things like that I think that's the fun thing. There are so many good receivers in football right now, uh, and it was not easy to do. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, hey, it's been three weeks since social media shit on me, so it's about time we get back to business here. That's, that's what Pete just texted. He goes, can't wait to see how many clicks we get off of this. That's true. It's all about the clicks, baby. Oh, all yeah, all about, about the, the clicks. clicks. Let's do it, because that's what Ahmed likes to do when we get done. Clap it up. Well done, everyone. Well done, everyone. You did All right, it. That's it. We did it. That's what you call the podcast right there. Ahmed, you the man, dude. Really. Thanks for all your tidbits, for asking the right questions, having to deal with Pete and Dim a little, little lightest in your ear. Holy crap. I don't know how Crazy. you do it. I know. It's very I hard. Know. You're a very talented uh, human being, definitely. But that's it. We'll be back on Thursday. Chris Sims Unbuttoned Podcast. Don't know what we're going to do quite yet. So I'll let you know via social media which way this is going to go and who we might get on. But peace out. Everybody have a good week. longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keepitfunohio.com for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.